Welcome back to the Slowly Podcast. This is your host, Gordon Van. Today's episode, episode 39. If you haven't uh, checked out the past episodes, you can find them on iTunes. Just search Snowmobiling Podcast on iTunes. You can uh, search uh, Snowmobiling Podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, we also have them on the Snowmobiling Podcast Facebook page, the Twitter page, and the Instagram page. So all the episodes are on there, the biggest names in snowmobiling and in, in, in industry people. Um, so episode 39 today, we are interviewing Guy Useldinger. Guy's a, a great dude. Um, um, met him uh, quite a few times in the early uh, uh, 80s and 90s, uh, uh, followed him a lot in, uh, in those years um, on the circuit, on the snowmobiling uh, oval circuit and snowcross circuit, and a uh, real good dude to talk to, and uh, you can't me- uh, meet a nicer guy. Um, help- co-hosting me today is uh, Hal Armstrong. Hal is a, a contributor to uh, Snowgoer Magazine and Snowtech Magazine in the United States, and he uh, writes articles uh, called Time Machines. And uh, Hal's got a uh, Facebook page, too, called Time Machines, and you check that out. Uh, uh, He's got lots of little short articles on uh, vintage sleds and vintage racing. Uh, He's quite the enthusiast, so uh, check that out. Uh, So today's episode was uh, Guy Elsendinger. Hope you like this. Here he is, Guy Elsendinger. Feel that adrenaline pumping Full throttle, wide open Love to hear that motor running Broken bones will heal But second place never will Gotta try it Hello, Guy. How you doing? It's Gord. I'm good. That's good. Okay, on the line with me is uh, Hal Armstrong. Hal's a contributor to uh, Snowgore Magazine and uh, Snowtech Magazine in the United States. And uh, he, uh, he writes columns uh, called uh, Time Machines uh, for those two magazines. And uh, he joins me on uh, a few of these, uh, these uh, interviews I do here. So, uh, Hal, say hello to Guy for him. All right, Guy. So, uh you're an inductee into the uh, Snowmobile Racing Hall of Fame, so for, for uh, p- people out there, listeners that maybe, you know, never heard of you or, or did hear of you, you're, uh, you're one of these uh, guys that had a, probably a, almost 30 years uh, racing, uh, you know, starting out as an amateur like uh, the majority of us, and then uh, you had the opportunity to race pro for, for, for all the big four manufacturers. So why don't we start off... Uh, um, how you got involved into uh, racing as a kid, and uh, and then in the late seventies, I guess that's when I started following you. Was on the cross country scene when you were running uh, uh, TXLs in the late seventies. Uh, so let's let's just touch bases on your starting uh, of your career, and then how you uh, uh, started to race uh, the cross country circuit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I. 
when I was about 10 years old, my father and my cousins and neighbors, we all would go to these little town races. And I started out, of course, in the junior class, and I won my first event. I beat my cousins and some of the neighbor kids. And um, so my dad was more or less my mechanic and built all my sleds till I was till I had my license. And then he he just said, "Oh, you're on your own. I'm done with this." So we kept we rode a lot at night and uh, and kept just kept riding a lot and did cross countries around probably within a 200 mile radius and got to know the people up at Polaris pretty well because we were, we'd go and try to compete with them guys. And then I suppose when I was about 18, they, they started helping me out 19, I suppose, helping me out with a few parts and, and stuff and uh, some of their knowledge and help with the clutching and, and just kept kept it after it. Uh, um, pretty soon they recognized that we were doing pretty well, and then they'd help with sled. And so then I got got into a couple different circuits and competing uh, all over. In the more like it was a mix of cross country and lake racing, and and then we started getting more help from the factories, and so I guess that was the the early stages, and then when uh, okay in seventy seventy nine we we. Uh, went over to Sweden and did very well over there. And then, I don't know, it just kind of kept on, kept running, uh, cross country for a while. started enduro racing some out in Michigan and kept on with it. Okay. So guy, who are the, uh, so, who are the drivers um, that you looked up to in the, uh, in the seventies? Pardon me? Who are the drivers that you looked up to in the, in the seventies for cross country racing? Oh, uh, like Carpick and uh, uh, Stan Hayes and and um, oh Lee Falk and uh, some of the John Deere guys like Brian Nelson and and uh, oh let's see who was on Cat. Brian ended up on Cat, but he was deer for a while. And, uh, yeah, Chet Bowman, Dale Cormick, and he helped me out quite a bit. Yeah, Chester Bowman, he was fast. And I ended up on an Artie Cat team with them guys for a while in, uh, 76. So, uh, that went pretty well. I won uh, one event that year at Malak Lake. Okay, uh, uh, Guy, in the in the late seventies, you were running uh, TXLs, and I think at one point that the I five hundred, the Winnipeg St. Paul, um, I think you had a big lead one year, and and I think you got turned around or something. What was it like to ride the uh, the I five hundred back in the in the heydays of uh, cross country racing? Was it uh, was it like you know the average trail rider? You got you know you're, you're running as fast as you can, or would you pace yourself and you'd look for 
you know, your top competitors and try and mark where they were and, and, and pace yourself, or was it break to the throttle to the handlebar? Well, uh, the I-500 was, there was years when there was snow was so deep that it was hard to get the, just to break trail. I remember the one year I, I was breaking trail, going into Thief and got stuck in the deep snow. And the next sled was probably five minutes back. And thank God uh, he uh, came up close to me because I couldn't get any footing to get out of the <laughs> uh, get get out of the snow. And so I got some footing there and got out, and I ended up about six that day. And then there was years where it was so hard, it was like driving on an interstate. And, you know, it, you look at what we have now versus what we had then, it's, it's funny how we even made it. <laughs> but spring, you know, suspensions, and, and now they, they drive 80-90, and they're just, they're flying. I mean, they got them handling so nice. and and uh, But we had nice sleds, and, and as far as being in, I always tried to keep in pretty good condition, and that that really benefited me. And there was, you know, some days you'd ride that uh, your daily event or race for the I five hundred, and you know you you wouldn't hardly even get tired. But versus some of them them two hundred mile lake races, uh, we we did also. How many how many sleds would you have in a, in a normal year? Would you have uh, one or two sleds uh, to to, com- to compete with, um, or c- could you do the whole season on? Uh, on one sled? No, there was, we usually, usually ended up in probably, probably at least three because uh, there were times when you'd crash and you'd twist the frame or, or for cross country purpose and for Enduros, you'd probably use about the same two or three and ice ovals, you know, I've, I've used as many as six, seven. They just get beat up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. How many? Um, you know, you were you were running the main cross country circuit back then. Uh, um, how, how many? How many competitors would would you normally have? Uh, in, in, there'd be thousands of uh, competitors in, in you know the I five hundred or the Su five hundred uh, events in in, uh, in that era. Well, in the cross country. There was probably as many as 150, 200 at times. Sometimes more, sometimes less. And then, and enduro would usually qualify probably 60, 70, and they'd run about 40, 45 in yeah. the race. Were you running for a dealer uh, back at, back then? Any uh, a, a player's dealer or Articat dealer for, for both those brands? Uh this factory. Oh, and then, uh, had a couple of smaller sponsors, sponsors like Woody's and uh, Deco and uh, uh, sometimes Camelplast. And, but uh, for as far as running for a dealer, no. Yeah. Okay. Hal? Yeah, so in the, after the, uh, I guess it was around 81 was when you uh, won the Su 500 with uh, Dan Enns from uh, Winnipeg. And uh, I used to race with Dan Enns in junior class in uh, out of Bozager in the early 70s. So he was a good rider, I remember. Um, 
did you how many times before uh you won the Sioux uh guy in 81 did you race the Sioux 500 or was that your first or second year I think it was my first or second it was in uh 79 I was still doing more cross country in 80 uh 80 I started getting a little bit into the enduro and 79 I know it was it was all it was a circuit cross country and then we went to Sweden that spring and I ended up winning that cup uh we had a we were there for a month and and there were three cross countries and some snow cross which the cross country I ended up with a first and a third and a DNF still had enough points to to capture that what did you? Yeah, uh, I was just reading that. That was the uh, that was the FIM uh, International Championships in Sweden in '79. So I guess 1980. You, I'm assuming you were running uh, the first year with the Indy, and then after the I-500 was canceled for lack of snow and things, that's when you kind of migrated to the uh, to the enduro circuit and then into uh, Formula Three. Yeah, that. Yep, that's uh, that sounds about right. Kind of hard to remember all them years, but the Formula Three was that was a fun class. You know, <laughs> the big motors and I don't know if you call it fun. It was pretty exciting. Uh, <laughs> it's fun to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. Uh, we had a good probably thirty sleds we'd had all the time and. It uh, it got to be where it just got to be so costly because the the factories were competing against some of the other people and uh, it kind of got limited down after a while, but because of the cost of the motors and stuff. But uh, we had a lot of good run and uh, it was always fun racing with them guys because everyone in that circuit was or in that class was, you know, you. He just had a lot of confidence in all of them on on where they'd be, and you know, for the most part, you didn't really have to worry about anybody uh, driving like you know, not over their limits. And so it was a good bunch of guys and a, a great uh, great class. Yeah, you uh, you you also competed on the the, um, the uh, I guess they call it uh, the Ice Le Mans series. Uh, um, when pro stock uh, was becoming popular uh, back in the eighty mid eighties, I guess it was. Um, pro stock was becoming popular, and um, they had uh, Ice Le Mans races. And uh, you were you were racing on the uh, on the Yamaha team uh, with. Um, well, I mean, it was a pretty star studded team. Um, you know, Bender, Hool, yourself, um, um, who else? Uh, uh, Worgen, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, now, but you, you, you all, you all had different, uh, uh, different sleds, um, and it sounded like you had the most uh, innovative ones. You had um, uh, one uh, built by uh, by Steve Hool, and um, we just describe that sled. What, what, what made that sled so special? Well, Steve Thorson worked for me, or Steve, and, Thor- Steve Thorson, yeah, and Steve. we, we were all on. Uh, yeah, we were all on the Yamaha team, but we all worked separately in different shops. So, but you know, we 
you know, when you get to that competition, you you, you don't trade a lot of secrets. That's <laughs> what I noticed. But you try to get uh, Kettinger was our uh, our uh, boss at the time, and you know he'd share with us some stuff. But you know, he, Tim Bender was and Hull were you know they're very uh, real smart guys and. And they were they were the driver and the mechanic and I guess with my farming and stuff I never really got into the mechanic side I just I tried to drive it more and and I ended up fortunate to have good mechanics and uh, you know Steve Thorson was one of them and then Darren had been more so when we got into the Formula Three stuff. Yeah, those are two pretty smart dudes. Those two, those two. The reason I know that is because uh, we, I, I, our, my last interview was with uh, uh, Jim Kenniger and uh, and Greg Marrier from Yamaha, and uh, he spilled the beans on your uh, on your uh, Yamaha phaser there, uh, saying that you had a, you had a pretty trick little phaser there. <laughs> <laughs> all these years later, and he's uh, he's telling us about the about all the different uh, sleds you had there. Um, yeah. But. Um, that, uh, did you did you enjoy that that type of racing? That was, I mean, that was kind of in between. You, you, you're you're finishing up your cross country racing and you're dabbling on a little bit of oval ice oval racing, and then you went into this uh, ice Le Mans racing, and then you went into the full oval racing. Did did you enjoy one more than the other? Yeah, I guess I enjoyed the the ice ovals the most. Uh, really. Huh? The Le Mans was fun, and and we had we had some nice handling sleds, and and Steve and them did a heck of a job. And we had the V Max, and then we had that also that Formula Fifty Six with the with the uh, different kinds of chassis. Yeah, and uh, the Ice Le Mans, you know, I was uh, probably a little bigger than most guys to get around, but I did okay, and and. Uh, I guess once we got to the big sleds, I I didn't like them little sleds anymore. Yeah, you and Donnie, <laughs> you you and Donahue were pretty tall to be uh, racing those little phasers. I think. <laughs> so, Hal, you got yeah, oh uh, yeah, guy. I'm just looking back at an old uh, snow week here, and '92 uh, at Eagle River was your uh, was a big win for you on the uh, Formula Three. There, you were running a skidoo, and I think you had qualified in the last chance qualifier. Uh, can you just recap that race? And I think the following year you came back uh, with Skidoo with uh, with Mike Hool also. So '92 uh, that was the that was the big year for uh, for of course the Benders with their Terminator V Max Four that you know was a super fast sled and uh, um, I think he was leading that race, but uh, you ended up winning that. Can you just do you recall that race? And I mean that was really kind of in the prime of Formula Three. Um, I remember, you know, going to that race, and I mean, it was just crazy how fast those sleds were, how you guys hung on to them in the corners. Um, what was that whole race all about? Well, uh, we had the engine trouble on, the, so that we had to come in from the last chance, and then we started in the back row. And yeah, the the formula, the three Yamahas had the four cylinders, and they were they were so fast. And, uh, you know, they had troubles with tracks sometimes and, and trying to keep their motors together. But when we, I remember that race very well. Uh, we took off from the back and I, 
uh, had a good hole shot, and I came up high by the wall in number one, and I just I saw everybody go low, so that was that made me stay high, and I I got about a third of the way around, and I cut down on the inside, come out of two, and I was in fourth position. It was just it just worked out well because everybody was bottled up in number two. And then uh, I know Bender, I, I could see him. He was just, he was moving fast. And uh, then he, uh, he had motor trouble, I believe. But uh, anyway, and then after about the eighth and ninth lap, I think we got in the lead then. And, uh, you know, the sled handled so good. It was that the, the old, uh, Mach 1X chassis and, uh, Darren had that thing working really good. It just, you'd come into the corner, the harder you drove it, the, the better it drove. And it just, I mean, it, I didn't get, it didn't wear me out because, you know, it drove so good. And and then the following year, um, we had another great sled. And about the 10th lap, we had about a half a lap lead. And my sled started on fire. We had an electronic tack in it, and it shorted out on the steering wheel. So that that got us. That took us out of that one. When when, when you were running uh, with with Skidoo uh, back then, uh, guy, were you like uh, were you like paid from the factory at that time, uh, like on a salary, or were you still racing more as an independent, just with uh, with factory support? No, we were we were paid then. Um, we went well ninety. Let's see, what was it? Ninety ninety one. We were on the cats, and uh, after the the season, uh, Skidoo had called, and we flew up there, and and uh, they put together a pretty nice package for us, and, and uh, so I had Darren. Darren worked full time for me back then, and through, through the summer, and he was up working with Skidoo also, so. Um, he spent, uh, I think it was three months up there before the season started and worked on different sleds. And so we had a good, good relationship with, with the bombardier then. That, uh, that, uh, Eagle River, uh, race, uh, um, uh, guy, um, you, 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 I guess you ended up having more of a battle with, uh, with, uh, Jimmy Appleson more than, uh, cause the, the, the Yamahas and, uh, uh, we ended up both both um, um, conking out, I guess, um, and you ended up having a, the the race for uh, uh, back then was for for third and fourth, and uh, you and uh, Jimmy Appleson moved up uh, to, to take over the lead. Uh, you know, was was there any was there any um, uh, competitor that you that you really enjoyed uh, racing against uh, in the form of three days uh, teammates or um, any 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 driver that you really looked up to? Well, there was probably about five, six of them that you were always trying to, you know, figure out and, and uh, try to beat. It was like, you know, of course, Bender and Steve and Mike Hool, uh, Brian Sturgeon and Jim Appleson, and and them guys were always the ones that were were always in the in the hunt to win. So it was them guys that you always looked looked after and up to 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 see what they were up to and. And uh, made good competition. Yeah. Oh.
the uh, uh, guy. I'm just uh, uh, you know all the all the different races that you attended. What was what was the, your uh, what was your favorite track? What was your favorite event? Uh, um, maybe not the one that you had the most success on, but the one that uh, you have the, the fondest memories on. Well, Eagle River was always fun to go because of the the fans were always pumped up and and uh, you know there was a lot of them and. And Anago, Wisconsin, and uh, was always fun because you know I used to be a potato farmer, and that's potato country. There's always great fan base there, and and then uh, the Sioux I-500 was always challenging. You know, you're trying to qualify good and and make stuff last, and and uh, you know that 500 miles in a day. That's that's a fun day when you're changing drivers. If if it works out and you're, you know, you you can change parts and it's kind of like a NASCAR race only on a sled because you know you got pit stops, you got eight ten mechanics and guys helping and and I always enjoyed the the Sioux and then even other enduros were always a good time. And like when we go to Presque Isle, Maine. Everybody always did a good job on the tracks in Maine. You know that was potato country, so we always had uh, good fan base up there. And I went and looked at different potato farms, and and uh, you know people would come around and to the pits and look at stuff and talk. But yeah, it was it was a great great time. Okay, you you had the you had the nickname the the uh, polar potato, is that right? No, they used to call me Dinger. Yeah, Polar he... Potato was that was uh, is that uh, somebody, is our that... company name. Oh, oh that, so but you used to have that on your sled. You had uh, in the early years, you had that on your sled, did you not? So I think everybody kind of thought that was yeah, your nickname. Was my... <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I, I thought no, that was, that was I thought that was your nickname. Name, so I... <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, but um, yeah. Um, no, that was uh, just the company. Yeah. So you had, you had all these potato uh, fans uh, oh, 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 throughout the country. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hal, you got any questions? We're gonna keep this pretty. We're gonna keep this pretty short because you're, yeah, you're, you're, the, you uh, are a busy guy. Uh, guy, uh, you, know, you, you mentioned it was it was pretty tough getting a hold of you, and uh, I I know this is farming season, so uh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna keep this one real pretty short and. Uh, you know, just just uh, get the get the get the a good conversation out of you and um, as much as we can because I know you're a busy dude. So, um, Hal, you got some more cl- closing questions? I mean, with yeah, I got a couple more uh, just for for Guy. And I know you you, you drove when when you finished your career. I, were you were you still running Formula Three and uh, and where was that and what sled were you riding and. And how did you know that that was, you know, your last race? Like, uh, were you sitting at the starting lineup wondering, I'm getting too old for this, or this is uh, it's time to move on? What what was going through your head uh, um, when you decided to uh, to uh, to wrap it up? Did you have a bad scare on the track? What was the defining moment? Yeah, we were in. Uh... Anago, Wisconsin, and we were lining up for the final, and we were sitting there and waiting, and it was getting close to dark, which nobody ever wanted to rain, run in the dark, mm-hmm. especially on them. They had good lights on the track, but 
anyway, I was just sitting there and I, I don't know if it was like a switch went on. I just, it just said, you know what? This is my last race. Really? <laughs> it was kind of weird. I didn't tell anybody. I was sitting there in my helmet and I just said, you know, I'm going golfing. This is enough. <laughs> was it the last race of the and year? And after that race, I think I got, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was last race, and I ended up third, and I got done and went to the awards, and I just told a couple of the mechanics that I'm done. Yeah. And yeah. I always remember when uh, Rick Mears came to the uh, Eagle River track, well, quite a few years before that, but I asked him, I said, what made you quit? Because he had to retire, and he goes, you know, guy, when you're not scared – going 220 miles an hour, it's time to get out. <laughs> yeah. Do you follow racing much uh, anymore? No, I, uh, I, we have a, a pretty large real estate company plus the farm. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I kind of, I kind of watch it, see what's going on, but the real estate thing is, I, I count that for our family, and it's been good. You know, we, we're doing housing and commercial property, and we built a – or we didn't build it, but we we have a new school, grade school on our property, and the housing is, is really going strong. And between the real estate and, and the farming, and then I have a, I have a seven-year-old, so that keeps me running too. So yeah. I, I got a lot going on. <laughs> you, got any, you got any sleds around the farm there now you're playing with? Yeah, I got uh F10 Arctic yeah. and then uh, I got my little girl uh, 120. So we we go riding a little bit. Oh, the 120s are just a start though, uh guy. <laughs> so, Hal, you got any close yeah. questions? Yeah, just uh, um, um, you know, thirty-year career snowmobile racing without any major injuries, uh, uh, you know, is a real testament to your to your riding. And I guess the class of riders that you know at the day uh, during the during that uh, time period. Um, I mean, what sticks out in my memory of your racing for me was the, your cross-country years, and uh, there's some great. Uh, photos of you on a, on a, I think it was on a 78 TXL where you got the sled almost 90 degrees to the snow where you had hit a big culvert and, and, uh, uh, you know, racing against, uh, you know, on the ICC SF circuit back then. So when I think Guy Uselvinger, I, I, I primarily think of your, your cross country days and, and with the I 500, I know Brian Nelson's tried to bring it back the last couple of years. The weather hasn't cooperated uh, was anybody trying to entice you to come back and, and run the vintage class, like just for uh, for old time's sakes, or or is the body just uh, saying no and the, and uh, let the uh, the other guys run? Well, yeah, they have said you know come and run the vintage and all that. My uh, my hands are so bad now that from just being getting cold wise. There's just uh it can be thirty degrees and I'm if I'm digging sugar beets, you know, they're white. It's just there's there's not much uh circulation <laughs> anymore. Yeah. So I don't I don't need that to, to hinder me. I mean 
it's uh, even if I go just joyriding. Uh, once I get them, well, they seem like they always get cold, and then I just uh, get them warmed up. Then they're good for a while. But uh, as far as going competing, I'm I'm out of that. No, I just uh, I think Gord, you had said the one question I always ask. Uh, one of my favorite question is is that when you were on the line in an F3 race and you're you know looking to your right and your left shoulder, who was the guy that you uh, that you were always uh, you know that's the that's the guy that you know I've, I've got to beat or, or you know he's the class of the field. Uh, who was that one guy that you that you you know had the most respect for? Mike Cool. Yeah. He was always uh, the whole shot guy, and and uh, he always run good. If you could get him out of the hole, you had a chance to compete with him anyway. But <laughs> if he got ahead of you, he was uh, gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Nice guy too. We did have a good race one time on the on the open stock class, uh, the A class. Uh, Mike and myself, we. We had a great race in Eagle River. We were back and forth and back and forth the whole race. The last corner, I got him, and I mean it was it was a fun race, and everybody was on their seats. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, okay, guy, it was uh, it was really great talking to you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna let you go and, and get back to your farming, and uh, it was it was uh, a pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, I, I, I like how I, I admired, uh, your, uh, your racing accomplishments and, uh, and I, I just knew you were, you were, you were a good dude to talk to too at the races, uh, when I was, uh, at the races too. So, uh, it was great talking to you and, um, um, hope, hope to see you again in the, in the, in the future. Yeah. Thanks you guys. And, uh, no, I just got to thank all the, the fans for all the years that they supported me and, uh, you know that—that's what I miss most about the whole thing—is the the fans all over the country and uh, the the guys I raced with and the pit crews and you know it's it's a great great family. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. Um, Thanks again, guys.